0: This year's Wrestlemania, Wrestlemania 36, is being billed as too big for just one night. For the first time in history, Wrestlemania is two nights, Saturday, April 4th, and Sunday, April 5th. Instead of Tampa, Florida, this is coming from the Performance Center at Full Sail University in the Orlando, Florida area. Due to everything going on in the world, this will, of course, Be a fan less arena. In this episode, I'm gonna recap what happened on night one of WrestleMania 36. Welcome to Wrestling Stable, where you don't join, you're chosen. You can check out the Wrestling Stable Podcast on YouTube, iTunes, Spotify, or your preferred podcast provider. For the pre-show, we have Corey Graves and Peter Rosenberg hosting from a set. Our first match of WrestleMania 36 happens on the pre show. And it is a singles match between Cesaro and Drew Gulak. This is a great wrestling match to open WrestleMania. And this continues a feud between Daniel Bryan, Drew Gulak, and the artist collective of Cesaro, Shinsuke Nakamura. And, of course, their leader, Sami Zayn, the Intercontinental Champion. So in this match, Cesaro hit an airplane spin with no hands, a throwback to that famous Cesaro swing to get the one, two, three. Your winner, Cesaro. This was a big win for Cesaro, probably the biggest one since winning the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal, which, unfortunately, didn't do too much for him but hopefully something bigger happens after this big singles win here on WrestleMania. Next we see King Corbin being interviewed by Kayla Braxton. Always a funny sight to see with the difference in their sizes. Corbin played the harmonica and played a special song for Elias talking about how Elias was not going to be ready to be there tonight and not going to be ready to face King Corbin. The kickoff show crew representing Fox's backstage consisted of Renee Young, Booker T, and Mark Henry. Now, they were not all in the same room. They were calling via Zoom or some sort of video conference. But still pretty cool to see all three of them breaking down uh, what was going to happen later tonight, getting us ready for night one, and giving their predictions, especially for the WWE Raw Women's Championship match. For the main card, we see Stephanie McMahon kicking it off and giving us a speech, getting us ready for the night. She talks about how this WrestleMania will be the most different of all, and that they want to provide a diversion, a sense of hope and determination, and to entertain us and our families. Normally, we would see WrestleMania kicked off by the singing of America the Beautiful. And we've had some big time celebrities over the years, over the past 36 years. But instead of a live performance, we see a special montage of previous singers singing America the Beautiful. Next, we have Gronk, who is in the Performance Center and says that he is the host with the most. And Mojo Raleigh comes out to join him and gets chopped by the Gronk for good luck if nothing else these two should keep us hyped for the night next we see hall of fame elect john bradshaw layfield jbl joining michael cole to announce wrestlemania 36 our women's tag team championship match kicks off the main show's wrestling for the night so in this match we have the women's tag team championships on the line The champions, the Kabuki Warriors, Asuka and Kari Zayn versus the team, the challengers, of Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross. The Kabuki Warriors have held the tag titles almost six months. In this match, Sane hits a great-looking double stomp onto Bliss, who has her legs wrapped up in the corner. Asuka charges Bliss in the corner, but Bliss blocks and fights back. Nikki hits a crossbody from the top on Sane, who kicks out. Asuka gets a blind tag in, but Nikki hits a swinging neckbreaker and goes for the pin. Kairi hits the insane elbow to break up the count. Asuka locks in the Asuka lock on Nikki in the middle of the ring. But Nikki holds on long enough for Alexa Bliss to hit the Twisted Bliss off the top rope to break it up. The Kabuki Warriors hit a modified Doomsday device on Nikki Cross, made famous by the other Warriors, the Road Warriors, the Legion of Doom, but Nikki kicks out. Alexa hits a twisted bliss on Kyrie Sane for the one, two, three. Your winners and new women's tag team champions, Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross. Nikki was absolutely the MVP of this match. She took an amazing amount of punishment, double teams, a doomsday device, and even outlasted the Oscar lock in the center of the ring to help her team win. Next, we see Sami Zayn, Shinsuke Nakamura, and Cesaro, the artist collective, being interviewed by Kayla Braxton. Zayn says that he will do what few men have ever done, walk into Wrestlemania, Intercontinental Champion, and walk out Intercontinental Champion. Next, we have the match that Gronk said he could not make, did not have the power to make, but made it anyways. King Corbin, comes out first we see the clip of Corbin throwing Elias off of the platform from Smackdown to the cement floor Corbin wants the ref to raise his hand thinking Elias will never show up after what he put him through on Smackdown but then all of a sudden we hear that famous strumming of Elias's guitar as he walks down to the ring so we have our singles match between King Corbin and Elias Before the match actually starts, Elias broke a guitar over King Corbin's back. Corbin yells to the announcers during the match once they get the bell rung that they better be talking about how great he is. Elias goes to the top and goes for a high-risk maneuver, but Corbin moves out of the way. Not really sure what he's going for, maybe the elbow. Corbin is able to hit deep six, but Elias kicks out. Elias rolls up King Corbin, and hooks a handful of tights for the one, two, three. Your winner, Elias. Thought that uh, Corbin was winning this one. Uh, so this outcome was, was a pleasant surprise. Not many times I remember hearing Elias' theme music, which we heard at the end of this match. Maybe it's just because Elias unfortunately doesn't win too much, but that was uh, pretty cool too. Next, we have the match for the WWE. Raw Women's Championship between the man, the champion Becky Lynch, and the queen of spades, the submission magician Shayna Baszler. We see Becky arriving to the arena in her custom big rig. At the beginning of this match, it goes right to the outside. They fight along the ring, and Becky bangs Shayna's head off the announce table and steals steps. This match had Tom Phillips and Byron Saxon on commentary. Without JBL on commentary or Asuka screaming in the ring, this was the first time it really felt like an empty arena. So Baszler, at one point, even got the disarm her on Lynch and the Karafuda clutch on Becky using the top ropes, basically hanging her up uh, by the top ropes. Baszler gets the Karafuda clutch on Lynch, who reverses it into a pin while the clutch is still locked on for the one, two, three. Your winner and still WWE Raw Women's Champion, Becky Lynch. So, I mean, I didn't think this was going to happen at all. Um, so the, the way the match ended, I mean, I think we've seen it with uh, the million-dollar dream being reversed, I think, by Bret Hart, where he got his feet up, rolled it back up. Uh, DiBiase could not let go of it, and he got the pin. Um, so that was a really kind of anticlimactic way to win. But, um, you know, when it came to last year's WrestleMania, I think Becky Lynch just won with a, you know, a basic uh, pinfall. So I guess it kind of ties into that. But it, it's just a really a shame, right? Because Becky had the belt for a whole year. Yes, she walked out of last year's WrestleMania, Becky two belts, lost the SmackDown Championship. But, you know, Shane has been dominant on the main roster since she's come up. I mean, she won the champion versus champion versus champion main event of Survivor Series. She made history by eliminating everyone else in the Elimination Chamber. No one has done that. Not a woman, not a man. I mean, just completely dominant. Uh, She went full vampire mode on Becky Lynch, uh, taking a chunk of flesh out of the back of her neck, coming up with a mouthful of blood. Just everything that she has done looking super strong, super amazing, super tough. And she just lost, you know, kind of looks like a fool a little bit in in this loss um, after all that she's done and really after a year-long reign, thought that uh, this would be the right time for, for Becky to drop the belt and this would be the right opponent, but did not happen. Our next match is for the Intercontinental Championship where Sami Zayn, the champion, along with the Artist Collective, Defends his belt against Daniel Bryan with Drew Gulak. So on the outside, Daniel hits the yes kicks on Zane as he was standing against the barriers. The Artist Collective um, dive out on Gulak, uh, drive Gulak into the steps, beat him up along the ringside. Bryan dives through the ropes to take them out. Daniel Bryan dominated most of this match looking really, really strong, Uh, but this came down to Daniel Bryan going to the top rope. And Sami Zayn hitting Brian with a haluva kick in the middle of the air. Once Brian jumped off, pinning him to get the one, two, three. So your winner and still Intercontinental Champion Sami Zayn. So wasn't really sure what was going to happen here. Um, it's another one where if there's an audience, you, you got to imagine Daniel Bryan wins the Intercontinental Championship. But uh, love, love what they've done for Sami Zayn. I mean, he has not had a lot of singles matches, a lot of big time matches, even in his own group. You know, Nakamura was the Intercontinental Champion first, so you know, pretty cool to see uh, Sami Zayn get a big WrestleMania win. Next, we have the ladder match for the SmackDown Tag Team Championships between. So, okay, hold on. Now, this match was made uh, on SmackDown, where we had the Usos facing Biggie and Kofi Kingston the new day we had Miz and Morrison at ringside and you know they're on commentary talking a bunch of smack they come in they break up the match Michael Cole makes the announcement I guess you know he got the announcement in, in his ear that is going to be a triple threat match of the tag team championships and it was going to be a ladder match but you know with now we hear that Miz is out And instead of maybe John Morrison getting a different tag team partner, uh, it's just one representative from each team, still a ladder match. So not really sure why the tag team titles are still being defended if it's a singles triple threat match. It's not like it's a 30 day clause, not like, uh, you know, they couldn't maybe have a different partner. But, you know, at least we have three great athletes here to see going to give it a shot. Uh, so Morrison was on the ladder trying to get the titles and Kofi jumps from the top turnbuckle. We all know how athletic Kofi Kingston is and just all of his dives and athleticism, especially in a Royal Rumble match. So he jumps off the top turnbuckle to basically the middle of the ring uh, onto the ladder and hits a um on John Morrison to the map below. Then we also see Jimmy and Kofi climb up the ladder at the same time. Kofi bangs Jimmy's head and he falls off the ladder. Kofi gets his fingertips on the tag team titles, but then John Morrison comes up to stop him. Uh, Kofi, you know, dives off the ladder, hits diving foot stomps onto Morrison. Uh, At one point, you have Morrison laid out on the ladder, bridge between... Uh, you know, one of the ladders and then the ropes. He was just laying out there. Jimmy climbs up another ladder uh, to try to do some sort of high-risk maneuver onto Morrison, who's still on the ladder, but Morrison rolls off, pushes Jimmy off of his ladder all the way to the ground on the outside. Uh, Morrison gets his hands on the titles, but Kofi comes up and stops him. From one camera angle, so they have, like, these big commercial, big fans that you kind of see, um, you know, at like some sort of restaurant. So one of the camera angles looks like basically this huge industrial fan was gonna chop their heads off. So that was, that was pretty funny to see. Um, a little bit distracted for me, Anyways, uh, at one point, all three men unclip. So we know that it's on some sort of, you know, metal triangle ring Uh, and then it's kind of clipped to a rope at the top of the ceiling. So they take off the the metal part. All three men, uh, Uso, Kofi, and Morrison, are on top. They unclip it. They all have it in their hands. Uh, Kofi and uh, Jimmy both headbutt John Morrison, who falls off of the ladder but grabs the titles while he's falling, um, falls with the titles, lands on another ladder, but since he's got the titles in his hands, in his possession, calls for the bell. John Morrison is still the tag team champion. Very cool match. Uh, logistically, not sure, uh, but they, hey, they still gave us the best match that they possibly could. Um, really, really fun match. Uh, really, really athletic men in this, and um, really cool spots, cool ending. Um, to turn out to be pretty good. Our next match is a singles match between Kevin Owens and the Monday Night Messiah, Seth Rollins. So, Seth Rollins is off the heels of one of his uh, best promos where he tells Kevin Owens that, you know, Owens has basically no success at WrestleMania, it's just failure after failure. And Seth talks about all the amazing things that he's done at WrestleMania. You know, he's won the Intercontinental Championship. He's won, um, you know, the Universal Championship. He's cashed in his money in the bank. He's beat Brock Lesnar. Um, You know, he's beat all these guys. He's had all this success. And Kevin Owens wasn't even uh, on the main card of WrestleMania last year. So he says that, you know, KO could not beat him on his worst day. And WrestleMania is never his worst, worst day because when the pressure is on, he becomes a god. Like, really, really cool promo. Uh, definitely checked out if you've not heard it before. Uh, so Seth comes out, and he's in all white with Monday Night Messiah written on his trunks. The advantage that Seth should have had by having his own faction... Uh, disappeared since he did not have Murphy or AOP by his side. Um, Owens in this match throws Rollins all over ringside. Seth hits a Falcon arrow on the ring apron, which, you know, any commentator will tell you is the hardest part of the ring. Uh, KO hits a senton from the top, but uh, Seth kicks out. Rollins hits a few super kicks, but then runs towards Owens, who reverses into a pop-up powerbomb. Uh, which usually is is his big finish, but does not get the win there. So as they make their way out of the ring, Seth hits Kevin Owens blatantly over the head with the ring bell. Uh, ref calls for for well, the bell has already been rung, but calls calls the match and your winner by disqualification, Seth Rollins. But as Seth walks out, Owens says that. Those are not the actions of a God and asked it to now be a no disqualification match. Seth comes back to accept and the bell rings to make this now a no disqualification match. So I was going to say, while I was watching this, why would they end in a non, why would they have a non-title match in a day uh, in a DQ? Like a get, you know, someone trying to look strong. One of the champions retains by disqualification. Didn't make sense for this match. So glad that it continued um you know glad they they cleared this one up so seth keeps repeating that he can do whatever he wants as he hits owens over the back of the back with a chair on the outside in an act of karma owens hits rollins over the head with the ring bell. now it's no disqualification he can do whatever he wants to now (laughs) here's like this big wrestlemania moment so kevin owens Climbs up the WrestleMania sign, which is basically the top of the Titantron, if you will, at the performance center, and he jumps off, crashing through Seth Rollins, who is laid out on an ounce table. Goes to Seth, breaks the table, huge holy s-word moment. Uh, super amazing. Now back in the ring, uh, KO hits the stunner on Rollins for the one, two, three, Uh, your winner of round two, if you will, Kevin Owens. So I don't know if Kevin Owens wins. They're one and one, Uh, but super amazing match. I mean, I thought Rollins would win, but having him lose uh, because he didn't have, you know, his faction with him, he had to go it all alone does make sense here. Great match. Uh, Well, two matches and um, this emotionally brought me back into the show. Um, I got fired up for that, that huge spot with KO coming off of the WrestleMania sign, off the Titantron, um, on, to, on to Seth Rollins. So totally awesome uh, moment, great match to bring you back into it. Next, we see Gronk and Mojo are shown on screen. And uh, then the 24-7 champion, R-Truth, comes out, talking about he can't go anywhere, can't go to family functions, can't go to barbecues, everyone's out for his 24-7 championship. Gronk and Mojo realize it's an amazing opportunity, and they both attack R-Truth. Gronk uh, Gronk first goes for the pin, but Mojo breaks that up and then uh, pins R-Truth himself, uh, becoming the new 24-7 champion. Next, we have Charlie Caruso backstage. Paul Heyman comes up (laughs) with his old ladies and gentlemen. Charlie's totally startled. And uh, he says, listen, you're not the one who should be scared. Uh, Who should be scared is is Drew McIntyre because Paul Heyman has not done a good enough job talking about how amazing Brock Lesnar is, which is hilarious because that's all he does. Um, And he comes out and he talks about the match that's going to happen on night two between his client, WWE champion Brock Lesnar, and the number one contender, Drew McIntyre. Next, we have our match for the Universal Championship. The champion, Goldberg versus Braun Strowman, the challenger. Now, originally, uh, you know, Goldberg won the Universal Championship. He beat The Fiend, Bray Wyatt, in Super Showdown, Saudi Arabia. And, you know, instead of having to go through an elimination chamber or any other sort of way of becoming number one contender, uh, Goldberg in the ring just asks, who's next? Reigns' music hits. He comes up. He says, he's next. We have a championship match for WrestleMania just because the guy shows up. No number one contendership, no story in the line, no nothing. So, you know, obviously, um, you know, Reigns decided to not – Come to Mania for health concerns. You know, obviously his leukemia scare that he had well not scare, but uh, going through that whole situation. His immune system is definitely compromised. Totally the right decision for for his family. But you think that they'd have some sort of storyline to make this make sense? Nope. On SmackDown, I think it's just a tweet that says, "Hey, <laughs> just kidding." Braun Strowman is now the challenger. So the first match had no build, no setup. So I guess you really can't uh, expect the last minutes. Uh, replacement to have any sort of other big storyline set up number one contenders match any sort of match at all any sort of confrontation who cares um so excuse me we have Goldberg the champion versus Braun Strowman for the universal championship so you know like I said there's just as much story for uh Braun to be the number one champion uh, number one contender as there was for Roman so that didn't really bother me Now, I really just wanted to see Goldberg jackhammer Strowman and hold him up in the air for a few seconds, just like he did to the Giant in WCW. I know that's a long time ago. I know Goldberg's much younger. But this is the moment that I wanted to see. Come on, make it happen. Um, If that happens, it's going to be an amazing night. That's all I really wanted to see. But, you know, obviously we have not seen any sort of real jackhammers, even against The Fiend. Um, who's smaller than Strowman? Obviously, no actual jackhammer. It was more like maybe like a modified suplex. Would not even call that a jackhammer. So it's probably better that they didn't. So you know they announced Goldberg also as a Hall of Famer. So I did not. I don't love that for an active wrestler. I mean, I even think back to Flair. Um, you know, even his last match. I mean, I guess it was like you know. I guess we all knew it was going to be his last match, but, um, I don't know. It just doesn't, doesn't do it for me, especially a world champion, at least flair. You knew in any moment he was going to, if he lost another match, he was going to retire, but you're one of your world champions. I don't love that. But so we knew we, you know, we know a Goldberg match is not going to be too long. Um, but they really brought it for knowing it's going to be a short match. It was hard hitting. It was intense. Really enjoyed this. Uh, so Strowman goes for a power slam, but Goldberg wiggles out. Uh, Goldberg hits three spears. I'm like, okay, three spears. One spear usually do it uh, these days for Goldberg, but Strowman kicks out at two. I was like, okay, now we're getting serious. Uh, Goldberg hits a fourth one, but does not go for the cover uh stroman then has his turn to hit his offense his one move of doom hits three power slams and then just taunts him similar to what goldberg just did hitting the three moves but not going you know for the cover Strowman uh, stroman then hits a fourth power slam and covers him for the one two three your winner and new universal champion braun stroman Whoa. So, you know, Strowman went so long without holding, you know, a singles gold. He did get the Intercontinental Championship. But it's, no matter what, it's WrestleMania. In the record books, it's WrestleMania. Uh, You know, it's the show of shows, the showcase of the immortals. And Braun Strowman beats Goldberg um, for the Universal Championship. That's pretty awesome. Like I said, it was just basically power slams and spears, but... When they hit them, uh, the deliveries all look pretty good to me. and um, really enjoyed this match. Wasn't too incredibly long, but hard hitting and a great championship match. Next, we have our Boneyard match between The Undertaker and AJ Styles. Now, SmackDown might be the house that AJ Styles built, but a cemetery, a graveyard, would definitely be the place that The Undertaker built. And now I know what a Buried Alive match is, uh, a a broiler room brawl, a a First Blood match, Inferno match, Cassock match. We've seen some amazing gimmick-style matches. But going into this, I had no idea what a Boneyard match was. Figured it would be similar to a Buried Alive match. So after the promo package, we finally see what is going to happen between AJ Styles, Undertaker, in a Boneyard match. So after this introductory package, we're taken to a cemetery. A hearse arrives as Taker's music plays. Druids come out of the car, two of them, and pull a casket out of the back. They open it. Obviously, we think it's gonna be the Undertaker's entrance. And AJ Styles comes out. I'm like, okay, okay. Then we hear some rocking music. And the Undertaker rolls up on a motorcycle in a modified American badass look. Um, uh, super awesome. I think we kind of saw the promo, the go home promo, where he's kind of dressed like this. So it's that outfit if you have that in your mind. Uh, you know, he arrives on the motorcycle. And uh, he calls him Alan, right? So in the buildup, you know, they're calling each other by their first names. AJ's talking about Michelle McCool and how, you know, he, you know, how she buried his career. So this whole smack talk goes on through this whole evening. Uh, You know, and and Taker asks, hey, where you going, son? So Taker bangs AJ's head off of the casket. They fight all around the hearse and on top. Uh, Taker even cuts open his elbow when he hits it against the back window I think totally a shot at Goldberg when he just did this going berserk in WCW I think on uh someone's limo maybe NW's limo uh Taker finally throws Styles into the open grave so we kind of see all right the the winner is going to be the one who buries their opponent alive uh so in a buried alive match you know it's sim- it's, it's very close to the entrance ramp they just have a plot of dirt Uh, a tombstone, and you got to throw your opponent in. We've seen a bunch of these uh, with Undertaker, with Kane, but this is like a Buried Alive match, but instead of like being on set, um, you know, in the arena, like this is in an actual cemetery. So totally uh, a different take on it and very, very cool. Um, So then after Styles is in the open grave, we see Gallows and Anderson, the club, show up. Uh, the shed behind them lights up, and some of the like panels of the side of the wall fall forward. We see a bunch of druids kind of march out. Taker fights them off, but the club beats them him down. Anderson tries to hit him with a shovel handle, but he fights them off. From behind, Styles hits Taker over the back with something that shatters. Didn't really catch exactly what it was. I don't know if it's kitchen sink or like uh, cement blocks or what. Um, But he breaks that over the back of Undertaker. Styles screams that Taker made him break his finger. Uh, Styles charges towards Taker and they both break through the fence behind them. Uh, Styles gets to his feet and says, I thought you were an American badass. And then some other colorful language. Uh, He picks up a shovel and breaks over the back of the Undertaker, causing him to fall into the open grave. So now Taker's in the grave. Uh, Styles says, Ashes to ashes, dust to dust. And then gets into Tractor. Uh, plow, some kind of thing, uh, with a bunch of dirt in it, which is going to be essentially how they're going to to bury their, their opponent alive. Uh, all of a sudden, Undertaker appears behind him in bright lights and then uh, punches Styles, knocks him off of this tractor where he, where he was sitting. Um, AJ tries to escape uh, by climbing a ladder to the top of the house, which is also there. Uh, Undertaker raises his hands and then Causes fire to come out of the roof. Uh, then Gallows appears on the rooftop and Taker throws him off the roof. Uh, Taker says, uh, You know, it's just you and me, AJ. Because uh, Anderson, Carl Anderson shows up too and gets tombstones. Uh, then Taker says, It's just you and me, AJ. Uh, Styles swings at Taker and Taker catches him and choke slams him off the roof. He falls through like some metal pallets, metal wall, something that's on the ground, uh excuse me, wood. Uh some like uh wood that's just laid out on the ground. Uh so Taker picks up Styles, then he carries him over his shoulder and drops him on the ground by the grave. Um, you know, this is where Styles is like apologizing, you know, he he he's sorry, he doesn't want to be buried alive. And uh Undertaker picks up Styles from the ground and hugs him, telling him he's not gonna bury him after you know, Styles fought his ass off, you know. Everything is cool. Taker turns his back to, to walk away. <laughs> of course, after everything AJ Styles said to him and did and did to him and talked about his wife and, and his legacy and every single thing like that. Of course, Taker wasn't gonna let bygones be got bygones. So Taker turns around and just kicks him as hard as he can, and um Styles flies into the grave. Then Undertaker gets into that tractor and you know, turns it on, pours the dirt into the grave, burying AJ Styles alive. So the winner of the Boneyard match, The Undertaker. So Taker then walks past the grave and reveals a tombstone with AJ's name on it. And, you know, to prove that Styles is buried alive, we see just Styles' hand with, you know, his, his red AJ Styles glove poking out of the dirt. Undertaker gets back onto his motorcycle. And rides off into the night. Uh, This match was awesome. Uh, Just so incredible. Great use of the fact that you didn't have to do it live. Great set. Great fighting. Great story. Great everything. Amazing way uh, to end night one of WrestleMania. I really hope that you enjoyed this episode. In our next episode, we will cover the results from night two of WrestleMania 36. You can check out the Wrestling Stable podcast on YouTube iTunes, Spotify, or your preferred podcast provider. For news, previews, and reviews, visit us at WrestlingStable.com, where you don't join, you're chosen.